There's a spiritual practice in Centers for Spiritual Living called visioning. Now, you may have heard of that. Many of you are familiar with that spiritual practice. And, and for some of you, this is the first time of hearing about it as a spiritual practice. You may have heard of visioning and, and other realms and other situations, but the possibilities that we're going to be talking about this month and, and the practice of being open to those is by using this spiritual practice of visioning specifically to open us up to a higher, larger idea of what is possible. Visioning is an intentional practice. It's also a way of life, but it is the practice of just as Lisa was demonstrating just a moment ago, um, spiritual mind treatment or affirmative prayer, visioning is also an, an intentional practice where we are living in the question. And we'll talk more about questions, but we're opening up to the impress of spirit, making ourselves open to a realm of greater possibilities. You've heard me say, and, Jeff, and if you haven't, have you ever heard that saying, if you ever want to make God laugh, make plans? If you ever want to make God laugh, make plans. And we laugh at that because we've had experiences of that where we make our plans, we have our agenda, we have our itinerary, we have our to-do list, we, we already, we're, we are, we we know what we're going to be doing, but somehow the rest of the world didn't get the memo <laughs> of what is supposed to be happening. And here we are going about our business and our daily life, but we know that we have a limited perspective on, on what is coming down the road. You know, I can't see around corners. Even though I might know or I might have an intention of going around the corner, I can't see through the corner. We make plans of and have intentions of the way that we want life to be, but we can't see through the corner. We can't see around the bends and the curve. And what happens for most of us when we, well, actually all of us at we develop a consciousness or a state of being where it can feel like life is happening to us. We've got our plans. We've got our goals. We've got our intentions. And if everyone else would just get out of our way, if, if everything would cooperate, then it wouldn't feel like life is happening to us, that we're the victims this practice of visioning that we're going to be talking out throughout this month, it helps us to rise above the to me consciousness, that stage of spiritual development where life's happening to us. And it helps us move to where we, like Marsha was singing about, it is happening through us and as us. We begin to practice as a result of the spiritual practice, being a channel for spirit and of spirit 
you know, today we're going to talk about um, some of the practice and the methodology. But I want to talk about first questions, the power of questions. I mean, that's the title of today's message, living in the question. You know, growing up as a kid, I was pretty inquisitive. I mean, I, that is the word my mother used for me, inquisitive. She would say, you're too inquisitive. <laughs> I questioned everything. And I was a handful in that regard. So I, I remember at the age of 13, we were leaving church after service one, one weekend. And um, I had just learned some about Buddhism. And there was something that was said, and I grew up in a Christian home, and, and I, there was something that was said during, while the, um, my pastor spoke, I, that I, I wanted my mother to expound on some, and he was talking about how we needed to, um, we needed to follow this path that the, the, you, and if you've raised in a Christian home, Jesus is the way to Christians, not a way, but the way, the person. And so I was in the back seat and I'm asking my mother, she's driving. And I says, you know, mama, we send missionaries to Asia in order to convert them to our religion, our way of being, our way of thinking. But Buddhists do not believe and sin the same way as Christians do. It's not some, something that is, that is a cause for you to be punished. We're not punished because of our sins in reality. In Christianity, if you are sin, then that's a mark on your soul. And you are worthy of punishment then at that point. That's the gist of it. In Science of Mind, our teaching is, is that sin, and Buddhists have this, uh, this similar thought, that sin is actually an archery term that means that missing the mark, that we, are, um, we may experience consequences because of our action, but we're not being punished because of them. We may be punished by them, you know, by, by me not balancing my checkbook correctly. I missed the mark. Well, I, I'm going to have the consequence. So I was asking her, I says, what's the purpose in sending missionaries to try to convert these Buddhists to our way of seeing things? How do you scare the hell out of someone who doesn't believe in hell? And then if they don't believe they're going to go to hell, how can God judge them? Well, well, my mother sat, and as she was driving, she was quiet for a moment. And uh, let's just get, you know, say it this way. She really didn't like the conclusion she was coming to, as far as that she didn't have an answer of how could a just God you know, hold someone responsible for something they don't believe? You know, my father, too, he said, you ask too many questions. And his response always following up to that was, it's not for us to question. But do you know what? Einstein said something a little differently. He said that the important thing is for us not to stop questioning. He told us that we need to question. It's important for us to question. He said curiosity is its own thing. It's a thing all, it has its own um, purpose. And that we should remain curious. 
You see, the problem with most of us making plans is that we stop being curious as to what more is possible. What more is available to us? Is there a greater possibility beyond, beyond the corner that I cannot see through? It's said that the quality of our lives are determined by the quality of the questions that we ask. You know, we know that when we're searching on the internet for, for something that we, we ask a question and then we ask again and then we ask again until we find the results that we were looking for. We continue to ask different questions or permutations of questions to find the, the solution, the answer. You know, when Kevin and I moved here a couple of years ago, we had to find our local Chinese takeout place. <laughs> and so I went to, I went to um, pull up a browser on my computer and I said, you know, um, uh, Chinese, you know um, Chinese takeout restaurants. And you know what? I got all sorts of answers. I got answers that even had nothing to do with where we were at and what we wanted to find. You know, I was getting responses in Colorado where I lived at before. So I had to refine the question. I had to refine the question until I was able to get a response that was relevant to me that actually met my needs. You know, local Chinese takeout near me, <laughs> you know, or 02818. You know, the questions that most of us ask when we make our plans and they don't work out, when we feel that life is happening to us, when, we, when not everyone's gotten the memo, we ask questions of like, how did this happen? Who's to blame? Why? Why did this happen? Or maybe even, why didn't it happen? You know, in working with my question, my clients, whenever I'm working with someone and they're asking the question of why, and those types of questions of where life is happening to me, how did it happen? Who's to blame? I ask them, do you really want the answer to those questions? What are you going to do with the answer to why it happened? Is that going to empower you to be able to move forward in your life? Is it going to empower you to step into the life that your heart and soul is calling you towards? Most of the questions that we ask are from a consciousness of to me, which is one of the four windows by which we can look at the world. One of the four stages of spiritual development or consciousness by which we co-create with life. The first one is to me, but there's so much more available. You know, Dr. Holmes writes in The Science of Mind, on page 146, he writes this, he says, through spiritual discernment, we see that we have within us a power which is greater than anything we shall ever contact, a power that can overcome every obstacle in our experience. And we know the practices of meditation, that it opens us up to an awareness of this now moment. It can open us 
open us to the experience of communion with spirit. Spiritual mind treatment, affirmative prayer does that as well. And visioning does that as well. Opens us up. And it is intentionally seeking to contact that power because we know that that power is here. So it is our knowing put into practice. I know that if you're watching this, you know that there is a power greater that, than we are that we can use. And so let's use it. Envisioning is a practice that cultivates a way of being where we are intentionally seeking to co-create and collaborate with life. You know, the visioning process, also referred to as um, the life visioning process, was clarified, and there's many forms of it, but Michael Beckwith, the spiritual director of Agape out in California, he clarified this life visioning process, and, and Michael Beckwith said this, he says, when your thoughts and actions begin to align with the imperatives of your soul, you enroll the full support of the universe. Unimagined possibilities begin to open up as you synchronize with the divine. And this month, as we look at visioning and look at these different stages of consciousness, we will open us up to that by aligning, by aligning and synchronizing with the divine. So the four, the four stages was one I mentioned to me. That's that a victim consciousness where there is either uh, life is happening to me. God is making things happen to me. I'm being tested. I'm being punished. I'm being rewarded. And we feel powerless. That's a to me consciousness. And we all experience it in some way, shape, or form in some areas of our life. This, let's not beat ourselves up or judge ourselves. This is just though a, a limited perspective of, 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 of being. And there's so much more available to us. And knowing more is available allows us to step into the more. The, when we got into science of mind and when we came into um, uh, Center for Spiritual Living, we learned about the law. We learned about the creative process. We have, we have learned to, to evolve beyond victimhood. Releasing blame, releasing shame, releasing guilt. We, we've learned that God is in us. And by us working with this power, we can affect change in our life. We claim dominion over the areas of our life, and, and we, we use spiritual practices, affirmations, declarations. Even in our, our spiritual mind treatment, we affirm and know um, the truth. We use the law. This is the, the awareness of by me. Life is happening by me, by my use of the law. But visioning takes us to another level, which is where life is happening through us. Where, yes, we are using the law, but we 
begin to surrender our control on that outcome. We begin to surrender and, and trust that there is something greater that, that knows more. <laughs> and we begin to surrender that indwelling presence and allow it to move us and guide us. And, and it can give us a little push and nudge. And, and we try to ignore it. We try to ignore those sometimes. And, and the nudge can become a little bit more, you know, we, we can feel it, we experience. This is life seeking to operate through you. And sometimes we could be so dense, at least let me, I can say that for myself that those nudges, those whispers become so loud that the nudge sometimes feel like a good swift kick from life. But visioning is, the, is intentionally opening up to those nudges and those whispers so that we co-create with life. The last stage, and we will talk more about all of these throughout the month, it's, it's me. Me. And this is where we release the last bit of separation and we are identified with that one just Jesus did when he said the Father and I are one. We do this in our spiritual practices. We know what as me can feel like. And we continue to seek to evolve and to grow into that just like the master teacher, Jesus, just like all of the teachers. Envisioning is a way to help us practice that consciousness. So what is the diff what about visioning? And, and what is its methodology? Well, one thing I'll tell you, it's not visualization. Visualization is the practice where we know what we want and we, and we bring it up in our minds and we see ourselves being and doing and having it. And this operates through the law of attraction and, and also through use of our will and our power of concentration. And visualization is a powerful practice and it's limited. It's limited because we can, are limited by what we can imagine as our highest possibility. Remember, I can't see through the wall around that corner. I can't see through doors. And while I'm thinking my highest and best, I am only able to visualize what I can imagine from my limited perspective, where visioning is the practice of opening to God as you, God in you. It is touching the divine idea for your possibilities. Visioning is always about becoming. It's not about doing. It's not about the what. It's not about the how. It's about, about what life is and, and, and how life is seeking to emerge in the world through us. So it is about who we are called to be. It's about the becoming. So the difference between visualization and visioning is the difference between directing spirit to have our way. Okay, spirit, this is what I want. And allowing spirit to have its way. 
Remember, God laughs when we make plans. And that is just from that consciousness of to me. When it's to me, that is when we um, have that experience of God laughing. So how do we vision? How do we vision? We live in the question. We live in the question. The practice is very simple, and it goes like this. If you're not familiar with it, this coming Thursday, Thursday evening, March 10th, I believe it's, um, or the 11th, it's Thursday, this coming Thursday. Um, we will be doing some visioning together from 6 p.m. Eastern to 7 in our virtual, in our fellowship hall. And what we do first when we vision is we set a focus. What are we visioning about? There's a theme. There is a um, uh, focus. And then we get centered in spirit. We enter into the silence to establish our awareness of this presence to commune and connect, to reaffirm and align to the divine within and we anchor ourselves in love. And then, just like we put a question to the internet, the collective consciousness of, of, the, of humanity, it's becoming that, isn't it? The internet. We put a question to the internet. We put a question to spirit within, the divine within, that highest part of us, its essence that is showing up in the world as us. And we ask the question and allow that question to percolate and for the vision to emerge. And it'll show up as impressions. We allow for unknown possibilities to make themselves known, to be revealed, and we write them down or even draw them. And there's a series of questions that are typically asked, but one question in particular that is, you will find in almost every, I mean, this is the way we start, is what is spirit's highest vision about? What are you visioning about? What's the focus? What is the purpose? What is God's highest idea? We always ask what more is there for me to know about there? What is a greater idea that is seeking to emerge through the world, in the world, through me? And, and then we may follow up what comes with that. You know, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What gifts do I bring? What do I need to let go of? The questions aren't so important as, as the qualities that we are seeking to know and embody by way of those questions. And then we anchor it in prayer. And we can take some time to reflect on what came up because we write it down. If we're doing it in a group, we share what came up for us. And then <laughs> we put it down, knowing that that vision exists in divine mind and that it is guiding us because it's not about the doing. It's not about the how. It's not about the, the what as much as it is about who are we called to become. And we move forward. Cultivating that consciousness of through me and as me. And we trust 
that that vision that's already known in divine mind is known within us and it is unfolding because we've made space for it. Let me ask you this. Are you asking the universe for what you want? Or are you open to receive the fullness of life that you are? Are you asking for what you want? Are you asking life to demonstrate for you what you want? We can set ourselves free when we give up, surrender our control of these plans that we have. You know, there was one question that came up for me as I was preparing for this month and, and, and reflecting on, on the direction that vision, uh, what spirit wants me to go in, around this. And, and, and I visioned about our, this month and these topics. And a question that came up for me that I'll offer if this one um, speaks to you. But the question that came up for me in all of this was, how willing am I to accept less than all that God has for me? And that's not really a question that I want to I sit and get an answer to, but it's one to wake me up. How willing am I to accept less than the best? Am I willing to accept less than the best? And then if I'm not engaging in those practices that will put me on the path to be and do and have what spirit is seeking to, to bless me and the world with, then I'm, hey, Sarah, Sarah, I'm willing to accept whatever scraps I'm willing to settle for. That's demonstrated by how I am co-creating with life. You know, when we ask a question, there is an answer. Jesus said, ask and, and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be opened. Speak and you will find. There is a supply to the demand. When we ask a question, spirit is there ready, that divine mind that we are using knows your highest and best. Are we willing to be open to that, to accept it? Am I willing to ask what is spirit's highest vision of my life? What is divine mind in me seeking to express through me and around me? These are the questions that open us up to experience through me and as me experience. You know, Dr. Holmes said that God's creative power of mind is right here. And we have as much of this power to use as we believe in and embody. And the storehouse of nature is filled with infinite good, he says, awaiting the touch of our awakened thought to spring forth into manifestation in our lives. Our vision is a world that works for everyone. The big vision. That includes 
the world that works for you and for me. And so if we are stuck in why is this happening to me, there's a solution in divine mind. There are answers and power available to us right now. And visioning as a practice opens us up to touch it, to experience it, to have it. But this week, as we begin to embark on this journey together, let's look at the questions we're asking ourselves. Let's ask higher questions, remaining open to greater possibilities. What is spirit's highest idea for a world that works for everyone? What is spirit's idea of a world that works for me and a life that works for me? What do I need to be and to do to become that vision that is living that life? Next week, we are going to um, move into the next stage of consciousness where beyond the asking of the questions, but what, what arises? And we will have some opportunities to vision. Next Sunday, prior to our service in our Zoom, um, um, our virtual fellowship hall, 9.15 to 9.45 for 30 minutes, I invite you, if you're unable to make it this Thursday, prior to our Facebook Live, I'm going to be leading a short visioning each Sunday in order to help support you in this being a practice, but also as a community for us to do it with one another.